0: Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. I'm co-founder of the online magazine, The Refined Woman, and my vision is to create a safe space where we can take off that Superman cape of having it all together and share our stories authentically and honestly. I really believe people are dying for the permission to be vulnerable, to just go there, but it takes someone being willing to go there first. It's my desire to do just that and invite you and others to do the same by removing that shiny mask of perfection and courageously sharing the imperfect journeys of life, spirituality, love, business, and everything in between. Integrated feminine wholeness coach, Morgan Day Cecile is our guest today on the Refined Collective Podcast. Her vision is for women to know that their inner sexy isn't bad, but that it is beautiful and good and God designed. So for all you ladies out there who keep emailing and asking me questions about how do I embrace my sexual desire as a single person, as a dating person, as a married woman, this episode is for you. Let's dig in. Last cough out. (laughs) 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 yeah
1: I'm really good at making ugly sounds um, I've just started taking voice lessons and I'm really you know' Part of my work as a coach is to help women make ugly sounds and not just pretty sounds. But when I went to mm. my first lesson with my voice teacher, she told me just to start making sounds, and I was like, "Oh, uh-huh. I can do that!" And so I literally started going like. <laughs> <laughs> and she like looked at me like she had. She's like, "Oh no, that's not what I meant." <laughs> and, just, <laughs> just like, what, what door have I opened? <laughs> yes, yes. But I, you know, I think it's really healthy for as women to practice making ugly sounds and practice making ugly faces and practice feeling, quote unquote, ugly emotions. So that's just part of my
0: world. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And who says it has to be ugly or bad? Like the connotation is, I mean, I think what I always say is I'm like, the Bible says to make a joyful noise to the Lord. It doesn't say good, perfect, calculated. It just says a joyful. So if I'm coming from a place inside of like, you know what? I could be the most off key or I could have ugly, snotty tears. But if I'm like choosing joy and trust in the moment, like, That's the invitation, right?
1: Yes. And I really feel that everything belongs. And that, for me, is what the Psalms captures, that everything belongs. All of our emotions, the full range of the human experience belongs. And what feels like joy to me feels like truth. Like if I'm resonating with whatever is so real and alive and truthful within me and I'm giving voice to that, that is what brings me joy. And I think it brings God joy, too, just to be so abiding in the really real, whatever that looks like.
0: (laughs) Yes. I think that's so compelling and it, it rings so true. And, and just, you know, speaking of truth and just going there, one thing that I love about you and we're new friends, we've had Mm -hmm. um, some phone date or a phone date, Um, but you're so connected to your femininity. It inspires me. Like Mm I, I have so much of my life lived in the masculine and I'm like a doer and a hustler and let me make things happen. And I just love seeing you embrace your femininity. It's, it's just so inspiring to me. Mm. And, um, I'm so excited to talk with you about what we're going to talk about, because this is, I would say top three questions that I get on a weekly basis from women. Wow. So you you ready yeah, together
1: i can imagine cuz i yes. hear it a lot too yes it's an so important the question,
0: question the question comes in a in a couple of different forms but basically here's what it is how do i embrace my sexuality if i'm not having sex and also how do i embrace my sexuality as a single christian woman do you get that question a lot too? Yeah. And even if we're not single,
1: but how do I embrace my sexuality as a Christian woman? Or how do I embrace mm. my sexuality as a woman? Like seriously, mm-hmm. there's so many, there's so much disconnect from even the experience of what is healthy sexuality? And um, it doesn't even matter as much if you're married or not. But I think a lot of women are asking the same question that we want a feeling of, authenticity and freedom and connection and wholeness in this area of life that feels so um, sometimes scary, sometimes just, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, shameful. There's There's a lot of conditioning around it. So yes, I hear this question and I love it. I think it's so, so important.
0: Yeah. And what, if anything, what do you think is the question or the questions underneath that question? When
1: I hear a woman ask about how they can embrace their sexuality, I, I hear a woman who, who knows at some level that she's made for radiance, for aliveness, to, to to live in that state of being in love, being turned on, being joyful. I, I hear a plea and a permission to come alive, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I do believe that each one of us knows knows that we're made for that and so I hear that desire first and foremost and I also um hear this this lie this myth that we've been given Mm -hmm. that sex is is only defined as intercourse sex Mm -hmm. is only defined as penetration it's defined from the male experience of what sex is and so I think it reveals that there is um there are limits to our understanding of what sex and sexuality is in our culture and Western culture because of the way Western culture tends to equate sex, talk about sex as intercourse alone.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I hear that. And I think that for a long time, I was so shut down to my sexuality. I, (laughs) and I like I didn't really know that I was shut down for a long time. I didn't grow up in the church, but I became a Christian when I was 16 and was taught pretty immediately that like sex is only until after marriage and I hold I hold that even to this day as a single woman in my mm-hmm, 30s, mm-hmm. but I I I learned these other things along the way too. I learned things like it's up to me like to protect men from lust it's the weight of the pressure is on me like i i remember being um called out at this one specific church for dressing too fashionable because Mm -hmm. that i i they were literally like go home and please wear sweatpants next time
1: Wow. So yeah. I was
0: kind of given this message of hide yourself. Like, yeah. and I was like, oh, being a woman must not be good. Like I I, I need to hide that I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. I need to hide that I have desire. And I went through some, a lot of personal transformation around five years ago where God really healed a lot of that in me. And over a span of months and around a year, God showed me like my sexuality is good. Like it's yes. God given. He gave it to me when Genesis one, he created man and woman in his image. Like that means the full of me. Yes. Um, so for me, that was kind of like the beginning of unlocking like, okay, now that I know my sexuality is a beautiful God designed thing. What do I do with that? Like right. how do I walk that out? Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm curious like what your experience has been and um yeah, how you've walked yeah. that out.
1: Yes. I I didn't grow up in the church either and I didn't become a Christian like with intentionality until I was thirty years old. And so I lived all of my teens and a good portion of my early adulthood in a secular world and without this, um, idea that sex was wrong or sex was bad. And so I had a lot of sex <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, I, and i i I can say that and I'm comfortable saying that not as a prideful thing and not as something to emulate, but just to say like, I followed what the world kind of laid out for me as the path mm. to connection right? Because what I really wanted was connection and was to feel um, valued, was to feel desired. And, And I think that's in every single one of us as women is this, I want to feel alive. I want to feel desired and loved and wanted. And the way that it looks like we do that is through having sex intercourse. So on my own, before I was a Christian, I decided that I wasn't going to sleep around anymore i wasn't going to do those semi-drunk hookups because i had experienced quote-unquote sexual liberation where i was just giving myself permission to have safe sex with whomever whenever i wanted really and you know a few years of that i realized that that is not in alignment with my soul and so even before i had a relationship with jesus I really did have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, and it was like this soulful connection. I really think this soulful connection is where we get to experience the feminine, this feminine energy. Mm. We can think about masculine and feminine energy being inside each of us, and spirit being more masculine, but soul being deeply feminine. And soul, Mm. it lives in the body, and it's the wisdom that we get when we pay attention to the energy of our body. And so I approached my decision to to wait till marriage to have sex after I had been having lots of sex (laughs) from an embodied place of this is what I want to feel in my body. I want to feel deeply connected to my own, um, my own wholeness and only when I am with someone who is committed with me, like, and we are on this path of sacred relationship, do I want to share that? And so my decision to, um, want to wait until I found a committed partner. Um, I didn't do that perfectly, but that was my desire. And it came from this experience of my feminine energy. And so I started experiencing my sexuality through sensuality and I gave myself permission and I really did, like feel so alive when I would lean into all of these things that light me up, whether it's the textures of the clothes that I'm wearing or just really delighting in nature and beauty and poetry and, and all of these like soulful experiences you know whether it's like Mm. a walk under the moonlight or sitting at the ocean and just being with the waves or swimming um, topless in the water Mm. so all of these I really I I didn't have words to articulate it at the time but I was really really giving myself permission to be as sensual as possible and these were experiences Mm. that I shared just with me myself and I, like my soulful embodied mm-hmm. experiences. And I would spend a lot of time alone and just delight in reciting poetry or singing songs or mm-hmm. lighting candles and putting oils on my body or just making beautiful experiences. And I think that's one way as women, we can really experience our femininity and really really open up our sensuality and sexuality in a way that is safe and whole.
0: Yes. Yes. I love how you even touched on doing those things, lighting the candles, creating art and poetry for yourself. Yes. Because I think one of the biggest lies I believed is that my sexuality was for another person. Yeah. That my sexuality was only meant for like when I had a diamond ring on my finger. And I think that that's so flattening to the Imago Dei, that's the Latin for like being made in God's image. Like I am such a, we're all multifaceted beings. And I had this experience a couple of years ago that I, you and I've already talked about, but I was finally at this place where I was like, I know that like God has created me and he said it was good. Yeah. So that means like that also like my reproductive organs are good. And that that stuff is good and beautiful and sacred now and Mm -hmm. gets to be celebrated and outside of a relationship. And so like one practical way that I did that was I, for such a long time, I wore like ratty underwear and like sweatpants to bed all the time. And sometimes I still wear the sweatpants because they're just super comfy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I had this experience and I was just like, you know what? I want to buy a really expensive, beautiful pair of lingerie for myself. Like something that I can feel like beautiful and sexy in and no one else. It's not for anyone else. It's not for any man, but for myself to know that like I deserve, I deserve to feel sexy. I deserve to feel connected to myself, to my desire because it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. and I love La Perla lingerie. Yes, Yay. amen, ha- hallelujah for Seriously, <laughs> La Perla, oh yes, yes. praise like La Perla. The French, yes, they just do it right, you yes, know? Yes, they do, um, it's European. But I was, yes, European, they just they just know how to do it. Um, but here I was, newly to New York City, Baroque, <laughs> and I'm literally, here was my prayer, Morgan. I was like, God, I pray that you would give me a La Perla bra and panty set. <laughs> to pause girls, right like, now. Let's will? all of us pray yes. this prayer. <laughs> <laughs> it's all pause. Um, and I would love praying specific prayers because I love seeing God answer the prayers of his daughters. Yes. Like He, God loves his daughters. And so I was like, God, I can't afford $2,000 to have a swanky pair of lingerie, but I'm just going to ask you for it. So I was with one of my girlfriends and we went to Century 21, which is like a TJ Maxx here in the city. And I had never, ever gone there. It was the first and only time I've ever been there. And we walk in and there is like a one week only La Perla like, table. And I wow. got a pair of La Perla bra panties <laughs> for hundred dollars. It's amazing. That is a miracle. Yeah.
1: That is a, a, miracle the a miracle from the Lord.
0: Susanna from heaven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it was such an important moment for me. Like, you're like, okay, it's just a bra and panty set. But for me, it was like me stepping into, I am worth. Beautiful things. I am worth having beautiful fabrics. I am worth being connected to my sexuality, whether or not a a man ever gets to experience that. That's right. Like this is for me. Yes. Um, It's so I share that with you because I want to know, like, what, like, like, what do you, like, what comes up for you when I share that, and what have your, what have your experiences been? Well, I love,
1: I love lingerie, and I love that you had this experience of giving yourself permission to wear the lingerie and to feel beautiful and sensual and sexual, regardless Mm. of your relationship status. Because the truth is, whether or not you are having intercourse or you're in a relationship does not make you more or less of a sexual woman. What makes you Mm. a sexual woman is the fact that you are alive and we're created in this. So this Mm. is meant for us. And this is why, like, My very first Sophia retreat, which was in Rome, Italy, I knew I had to take the women on a lingerie tour. So Mm. I was so excited to have them have this experience where they were choosing lingerie for them. Because I think... Most women have only had the experience of choosing these really fancy bra and panty sets or these um, beautiful pieces for a honeymoon or for a special occasion or for someone else. Mm -hmm. But to have the experience that this is for you. And so make sure it not only looks good, but it feels good on you. So we were uh, getting fitted at this very beautiful boutique lingerie place in Rome. And guess who shows up? Ooh. Antonio Banderas. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> yes. And we were like on this cobblestone street in this tiny little street in Rome and they had just so happened to be filming a movie with Antonio Banderas. So here we were. We were in like Silky bathrobes, all of us half naked. And there was Antonio (laughs) Banderas at the door, which was so perfect. And that was kind of like a little gift from God. Because here we were like really stepping into this playful, very feminine energy. And Mm. uh, there comes this very... Strong example of masculine energy—the playful masculine. Who mm. he, he was such a ham, and he totally flirted with all of the ladies and winked. And every single time he did his like scene, he would come back and wave, and he was enjoying it as much as we were. Um, <laughs> but which—and I loved about that—is that women were the the women were so radiant and so alive, and they were filled mm-hmm. with this confidence and this and this glee and this joy that came from within them because they weren't in a place of trying to perform or get the approval of a man. They, we were just having fun girl time. We were drinking Prosecco Mm -hmm. and cheering each other on while we were trying on different bra and panty sets and just like feeling Mm -hmm. really comfortable in our bodies for the, for some women, this was the very first time they even um, felt comfortable to be seen, you know, to undress um, and be encouraged and praised and adored. So it was Mm -hmm. such a, healthy fun amazing experience and i always bring this in to the retreats just the way that women we can feel good in our own bodies and then praise each other. And it doesn't have to be about men, but when men do come into it or that masculine energy comes into it, we feel like we're in the seat of power, not power over, Mm. but power that belongs to us because we're inhabiting our wholeness. And from that place Mm. of like power and wisdom and beauty, there's just so much fun that can be had. And when a woman Mm. is like having fun, when she is like, turned on and alive, that is her saying yes to her sexual energy, like this playfulness. Mm. And I really, I, I really want to combat the myth that like sexual energy, when a woman is like sexually alive, it makes her this, um, dark, dangerous force because we have that mm. myth in the world that, um, mm. if a woman is sexually liberated, she's going to be a force of destruction, you know, whether destroying mm. homes and marriages or causing men to right. stumble or just this, um, this dark dark force. And I really don't feel that way in my body, what it feels like when I am sexually alive and really saying yes to my full sexuality, I feel so young inside, so innocent, so mm. playful, so good. And so it's almost the exact opposite of what our culture makes us out to be like when we are sexually alive. Mm. And so I want women to hear that them leaning into their desire to embrace their sexuality isn't something to be afraid of. It's something to get excited mm. about because it's a return. To innocence.
0: Mm. Wow, that's powerful. It's powerful that you're saying to connect with the beauty of our own, my own personal sexuality is not manipulative or dark, Mm-mm. but it is a return to innocence. Yes. That is so countercultural. Yes. What you just said is so countercultural. It is. And
1: it's like, this is why it's so important that we own our sexuality and we belong to ourselves mm. first, is because. Sexual energy becomes manipulative when we are using it to gain approval. Sexual energy only becomes manipulative when we are using it to gain approval or validation from someone else. Mm. When we give ourselves that approval, when we live in that embodied state of just saying, yes, I am alive and I am turned on and I am happy. (laughs) Mm. It belongs to us. The experience belongs to us and we don't need anything from anyone. And so therefore we're not manipulative. There's no energy yeah. of manipulation
0: present. Yes. And I, I even think of like, I just really try to like zoom out sometime with topics like these. And I'm like, okay, so what is sexuality? Like what is eroticism? What is sex? Like, and if, you know, we like sex, Creates new things, right? Like yeah. uh, when a man, woman have sex, they create a a baby can be created. And so when I zoom out and say like, okay, so like sex, sexuality, desire, it creates new things. Yes. And so if if sexuality and desire is more than penetration and intercourse, then what would it mean to look at my life with a sense of eroticism and making all things new? Yes. Like what would it mean to go through my day and be creative and adventurous and explore and even what you're saying be playful and free like in that sense the world is my freaking oyster as far as how I can be connected to my sexuality it's so it's yes I think we want things to feel really black and white 'Cause like it's maybe easier to teach about or talk about when it's like, well, one plus one equals two, and that's just what it is. But life is so full of nuance. And yes. I think we like really flatten ourselves and we flatten our human experience when we're saying mm-hmm. like sex, sexuality, desire is only this yes. one thing. And that's why I- it just opening up the question and looking how
1: other cultures and traditions and wisdom schools have seen sex. And so from a Western culture, like we talked about, we tend to e- equate sex with penetration or intercourse alone. But from an Eastern perspective, sex is way more expansive, energetic, cosmic. And it's this tantric mm-hmm. view of the universe that sees every atom engaged in erotic relationship. And I really see the Trinity in the same way. It's this divine dance of intimacy that we're invited to be a part of. And with this more cosmic take on sex oh gosh our sexuality is way more liberating i really feel like if every single christian woman out there would just say yes to being a beloved of god like romance me god because this is what i truly believe is that each one of us are made to live a life of true romance and meaningful adventure in a soulful embodied way and that happens first with a relationship with god with a relationship with our own soul. And so when I feel like this like connection to my soul and to being the beloved of nature, of creation itself, I, I feel enraptured, like I go outside and I'm just like moaning, like in bliss to see the moon or to see a sunrise or to see the sky or the stars. And it's just, it's so um, healing to know that I can tap into this pleasure and this beauty. And I am somehow in this intimate relationship with what God has created in
0: creation itself. And in that sense, it is it is so innocent and beautiful and playful. And I mean, I'm just thinking right now, I'm like, I got to get outside of like, yes, day. Like the sun is peering into my window and I'm like, yes, like I want to be connected to nature. Yes. I think that's one of the um, practical
1: ways that women can start embracing their sexuality is to start yeah intentionally making love with nature. (laughs) like just like the natural world Mm. is such a great lover. Like put down the phone, go outside and really take in, absorb in, like savor Mm. the beauty around you. Invite like every cell of your body just to like be penetrated by beauty. You know, if we wanna use that like Mm. very sexual erotic language. Um, But we, we really can experience this on an energetic level of just like presence itself is so sexy you know when we are so present to this moment or to the world around us like that in itself
0: opens us up
1: to our sexual energy
0: this week the refined collective podcast is brought to you by stereo.com do you love music are you that person that's like i want to find out what is that next big hit friends stereo is for you become a contributor at stereo and get rewarded for rating new music how cool is that just go to stereo that's s-t-e-e-r-e-o dot com slash contributor that's stereo s-t-e-e-r-e-o dot com slash contributor to apply creating and cultivating a regular rhythm of time and space with God is something that I am so passionate about. So I have launched my very first Bible study called The Space Between Bible Study and Meditation Guide what's included inside, you'll get 20 days of devotionals, journal prompts, prayers, meditations, and worship experiences. I want to give you tools to create a regular rhythm of time with Jesus, of daily time seeking God. So whether you have five minutes a day or an hour or hours upon hours, you can use this study to go as deep as you'd like. My prayer is for you to experience God's love and presence in the everyday moments of your life. So if you are ready and you want to dive in, go to com slash prayer and grab your space between Bible study and meditation guide. What, what do you think happens like, okay, so I'm a woman, I'm, agree with you let's connect I want to connect with my sexuality but what do you do with like let's say the single women out there that are like I am so disappointed I feel such a loss of hope like I do want to be in a relationship and it it is a dry desert wasteland like Mm -hmm. yes let's be connected to sexuality but how do you stay connected to yourself to God when you're also Feeling disappointed when you're not getting the thing that you want yeah. and hope for. So yes. and- oh, I can totally yeah. relate to that. I mean,
1: I went through single motherhood and so mm. I got pregnant and um, the biological father didn't want to have anything to do with me or the baby and he left. He was not around. And so one of the hardest seasons of my life was walking this path of being pregnant and alone. And I felt so rejected. I felt like no one would ever want me or have me. Like I was a ruined woman, you know, all these things. And I felt like my dreams for a life of romance and adventure were just, I just flushed them down the toilet, you know? So I really, really, really relate to that place of feeling so heartbroken and feeling so much, Mm -hmm. um, and disappointment with the, the way that relationships have turned out and how mm. I work through that is realizing when it's that that state of despair is a consciousness that's a level of consciousness and I don't want to make this too abstract but it is it is a certain kind of consciousness that we can just stay in and so I knew that this was going to send me on this downward spiral. It was sending me on a downward spiral. like So much so I was so depressed and so anxious. I had so much anxiety that I ended up in the hospital while I was pregnant because I was wow. just so terrified and heartbroken and disappointed and afraid of my future, feeling that I was disqualified from the love and the life that I really wanted. So how I slowly began to work out of that is just to decide that it was up to me to make my life a romance and adventure and my circumstances weren't going to define me or determine what I could or couldn't experience because what I experienced within was mine. And so, yes, I did want a partner and I did want to share my life with someone, but I didn't dwell on that, the the lack. And this is like where the, that scarcity mindset, the psychology around, you know, uh, what we think about, like we attract. And so I wasn't like, Mm -hmm. I, For my own sanity and for just the beauty of what I wanted to create energetically for my son, I didn't want to live in that that dwelling on what I didn't have and, and the fear space of maybe I'll never have it. I just said yes to Mm -hmm. what I could do. I could create a beautiful day for him. I could make our breakfast Mm -hmm. like a feast. I could like spontaneously drive him to the ocean so we could watch the sunset. You know, I could make these Mm -hmm. choices. And so I I became empowered and I empowered myself to do what I could from where I was at and not Mm -hmm. waiting for someone else to give me uh, the experiences that I was looking for. And this was a big shift for me because I, had the Cinderella mindset. And I think a lot of mm. women do is that someone else has the power to give me a beautiful life or to give me the mm. fairy tale. I don't have that power. So I have to hope and dream and pray for someone else to come in, whisk me away and save me from this boring life or from this life of lack mm. and then give me the life that I really want. Well, when I was a single mom, you know. Let's just say there weren't as many men knocking down my door, like wanting to date me <laughs> and all that. And I got really clear on what I wanted and I decided to empower myself to create those experiences. And it didn't mean I, mm-hmm. I stopped feeling that desire at night for a partner. I still deeply felt mm-hmm. it. But one of the things that I've learned over the years is that it's a really holy thing to delight in the longing so instead of letting that longing like swirl me into despair I invited that longing to make me even more alive, and I expressed that longing Mm -hmm. through music, through art, through creating photographs. I used to love taking photos, I still do, but I Mm -hmm. transformed, this is what the artists have done for, for millennia, right, is we take this intense emotion of sadness, despair, disappointment, anger, whatever it is, and we create beauty from it. And that is a very soulful, satisfying, fulfilling experience. Yes we still want a companion <laughs> we still want a yeah. man yeah. but um mm-hmm. it, it allows you to feel like alive in the process because ultimately Mm -hmm. you're going to get that man or you're going to get married and you're going to wake up one day and realize he's not doing it for you anymore. You love him to death, (laughs) but he's not making you more alive like he once was. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you're back Mm -hmm. in the same spot of like, what am I going to do? How am I going to take radical responsibility for the romance and adventure I desire in my life?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I wonder too, how can I, how can I ask God to meet me in this place? Like, cause really what pressure is it to put on another human being to fulfill all my desires? And I think Mm -hmm. we do that with relationships and marriage. Like, like you're saying the Cinderella story, like I'm waiting for my prince to save me. I am waiting for someone to come knocking on my door. Then my life will Mm -hmm. start. Then I'll be open to my sexuality. And really what I believe about God is that like, Everything that I ever long for and desire, I already have access to with him. And I, yes. And it, it, I think it's like kind of easy to, easier to see that with like, Oh, like God provides for me financially or God opened the door for this job. But it feels like a whole other thing. And I feel like this is something I want to normalize is how do we, how do we invite God into this space of like, God, you, how can you fulfill my desire or I'm turned on right now? Like, yeah. let me talk with you about that. As opposed to like, I think as women, we're constantly trying to be less than like, oh, no, I, I don't really feel turned on or I don't really have desire or I'm totally I'm fine. I'm single. I'm independent. I don't need a man. Like, well, can't I be independent and strong and also desire and have longing? And Can we go here? Let's go here. Let's go to like
1: the the. Um, yes the experience or the desire for or the question of self-pleasuring i don't like to call it masturbation cuz masturbation means to mm. defile oneself and i think right from the get-go if you're mm. calling it that like you're like having that shame put on you so but mm. an intentional self-pleasuring practice is like prayer is like meditation. It can be a very sacred experience. And this is when we start bringing God into our very real desire, our sexuality in a very erotic sense, Mm -hmm. like when we are super horny and turned on and, but we don't want to just like check out. And the way that, um, most people masturbate men and women is a very like checked out into fantasy land, um, involving some Mm -hmm. person or porn that is, you know, there's no emotional connection to, there's no real felt Mm -hmm. sense either. It's just like this, um, this danger zone of leaving your body and being very, um, it's kind of like a digital hit. You know, you're just like, you're not Mm. even present for the experience, but it's like this knee, this itch that needs to be scratched. And so you scratch it. The way that we enter in to self-pleasuring can be a very healing and um, spiritual experience and how you do anything is how you do everything and so there is no area of our life that it's okay to check out in and just to so we're if we're going to do this let's do this like all in Let's do it with our full authenticity, our full desire. Let's light candles. Let's turn on the music. Let's make our space a sacred space. Let's just really take our time with ourselves. Let's begin with breast massage. Let's begin by tenderly touching our whole body before just like rushing in for just a clitoral orgasm. And I am all for personally like having this erotic Relationship with God, and I, and I don't know why it's such a scandal to talk about it that way. Because like there are so many Christian songs that like I'm like singing them in church and laughing because it's like so erotic, right? Like this, like you yes. know, the bride, just church being the bride of Christ, and like we're invited to in this very intimate space. And so why not, like, mm-hmm. fully embody that? And this is like this is where mm-hmm. our faith gets very real, and it's not just in mm-hmm. our head. It's not just something. We, we we sit in a pew and we nod our heads and we sing and we're we're very very just like shut off from our body but when we bring this into an intimate sacred self-pleasuring practice like we actually get mm. to live out and embody a sensual erotic relationship with God.
0: It's good that we're going here. I feel like it needs to happen because I would say above the question of how do I embrace my sexuality if I'm not having sex, the number one question I'm getting on a weekly basis from women is, can I masturbate? (laughs) Like, can I self-pleasure?
1: Just like we can ask ourselves, like, is this piece of cake what I really need right now? Is this in alignment with my thriving? Is this in alignment with my wholeness? Our body will tell us. We can choose to disregard it and still have that piece of, second piece of cake or fifth glass of wine or whatever. But we know. Mm. We know. And same thing with self-pleasuring. Is this mm. something I'm doing to truly connect to soul and self and God? Or is this something I'm doing to escape my life? and the pain that I'm Mm. experiencing. It's the body knows. Mm -hmm. The body will tell you. You know. We can't lie to ourselves. Mm -hmm. We can pretend we can lie to ourselves, but we can't. And so anything... Anything. When we bring mindfulness to it, this is one of my key mantras that I teach all the women, all love begins in the act of paying attention, pay attention. Mm-hmm. What is your body telling you? Pay attention to the felt sense, pay attention to your energy, to your mm-hmm. emotions. What's going on? If this is one of the things we can mm-hmm. do is like, if all of a sudden we have a desire to masturbate, right? What preceded that desire what was going on did we mm. get did we were we on instagram did we or facebook did we see a photo of an ex that just like triggered us or someone else getting married mm. that triggered us and we started this fear in us that maybe mm. we'll never find the one that you know we have these stories what story preceded mm. this desire was it a story that was really the theme was fear or is it a story that the theme mm. is love And so when we approach things, whether what we eat, what we put into our bodies, what we buy, what we drink, and how we experience pleasure, if it's coming from a place of love, it's good. And it's going to bring us closer to our wholeness. If we're approaching it from any other place, Uh, it's not
0: for us. It's not for right now. It's a simple, simple thing. And I think that that takes such courageous honesty, like Mm self-honesty. And, um, like, I'll just kind of share like where I, the, where I land on like self-pleasure and masturbation and like, cause scripture really isn't like for me, like, that's kind of like the, okay, what is scripture saying? Like, what is God inviting me into in this space? And scripture doesn't really say anything about self-pleasure. Um, it just doesn't, um, their verse that I think of often is like, everything is permissible. Not everything is beneficial. And like, I think, um, like I have a friend that really struggles Mm -hmm. with porn Mm -hmm. and masturbation is like the gateway drug Mm. to that for her. So I would say like for her, I don't know if it's a a good for her um, because of like the road it leads Mm -hmm. her to. Now for like, for me, I'm able to partake in that and, in sweet ways. And it's, it hasn't been a, a yeah. bad for me. Um, and then the other thing is I, I feel like the most compelling thing I've ever read on it, um, is C.S. Lewis. I don't know if you've heard, um, or have you heard any of his quotes on the harem? No, within? I, I, please share. <laughs> I, I'm excited already. <laughs> yeah. So he says, yeah. So he says, um, For me, the real evil of masturbation would be that it takes an appetite which in lawful use leads the individual out of himself to complete his own personality and that of another and turns it back, sends the man back into the prison of himself there to keep a harem of imaginary brides. And this harem once admitted works against his ever getting out and really uniting with a real woman for the harem is always accessible, always subservient calls for no sacrifices or adjustments and can be endowed with erotic and psychological attractions, which no woman can rival. And he goes on and, um, I see so much of what he's talking about in the sense of it can be so like there's a part of me where I'm like I don't want to be so good at getting myself off that I don't need to put myself out there for other people if I can just be like yeah, so blunt. But about that won't that. happen
1: because um, we have different desires for companionship, not just um, orgasms. Right.
0: Yeah. So I think like I mean for me I'm like it's no wonder pastors don't want to talk about this. Like it's no wonder that like people are like, yeah. ah, like, are we like, i know that people are listening to this episode. Like, right, ah, right. Oh, what's but happening? So what are they simple. talking
1: about? Like, I really want to, Be- really want to like, mm. let's uh, take a breath for a second and just shake off like mm. all of the, maybe the layers of cultural conditioning and fear around the conversation. And when we're in this place and each one of us have this place within us where we truly feel, when we truly feel in alignment with, spirit mm-hmm. with our soul we feel connected to our body this is the place where we're standing with so much possibility and we have the ability to make choices in alignment mm-hmm. with love and every mm-hmm. single moment is a different context and we this is why we need to like trust ourselves like i think it was gk chesterson who mm-hmm. said you trust god now can you trust yourself And this is, if we believe that we have the Holy Spirit within us, that we, if we can quiet our mind and all the chatter and all the voices of our mothers and our pastors and our friends and our peers, if we can quiet our mind and we can learn how to do this and get better and better at this, from that place, I know in that moment what is holy and right and good. And maybe... Mm. um, that next moment or the next day it'll be different. but I think we can we can give the power we can trust ourselves we can trust people. and I think it's um, because we do have so much distraction in the world when I'm operating you know if I've just checked uh, you know a hundred emails and I've been swiping through my Instagram, I cannot be trusted to make a good decision for myself. I am not in a place Uh, of mind to make any decisions for myself. Mm. And and so I think because we're so used to Mm. operating in that level of consciousness, you're right. Like we can't trust each other. And so it's easier to put these guardrails up because a no is so much simpler Mm. than the nuance and richness of a yes. You know, what would a yes look like Mm. from full presence? And this is why it's so, so important that Mm. we do this work, this inner work, this embodiment work, this wisdom work as women. Because we're always looking for the answers to come from outside of us. And increasingly, everyone is operating from this distracted, not present state, which is the part of our brain that gets activated during that time is fight or flight and it's fear based. It's not love. It's not how God designed us Mm. to be. But when we're operating in the state of consciousness of love, of wisdom, of power, of beauty, we can be trusted to make the right decision for ourselves in that mm-hmm. moment. And I want to empower every single woman to believe that, and to do the work so she believes that.
0: Mm. What I, what I, so much of what I hear, what you're saying is like I go back to like what does the scripture say? Uh, the scripture says like Ephesians three twenty through 21 now to him who is able to do abundantly more than we could ask or hope for to him be the glory like god like jesus came to set me free so that i could have a free and abundant life and i think there's so it feels like uncharted territories to talk to jesus about what does a free and abundant whole life with you look like is in sexuality and in desire. And um, I think some, I'm one of six kids and I have four younger sisters and something I feel so passionate about is even just normalizing the conversation around yeah. sex and self-discovery. And like, even I feel like when the masturbation is said, like, it's like, oh, like shoulders go up the ears mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, like this is, you know, and I, I, even though it's the number one thing that yeah. women ask me about. And so I think it's such a compelling thing to wonder, like, what what would my life look like if I really, really, really believed who God says that I am? I am free, that I am wanted, that I am chosen, that I am accepted, that I am enough, that my sexuality is good. Like, and really that's what you're saying is like shifting out of that, like, limiting belief, the scarcity mindset, the fear, like, am I rooted in love? hope restoration redemption or am i rooted in fear and if i'm really connected with god's heart and and his vision for love and for who i already am how would i be walking this out and i i i just am that question is so powerful Mm -hmm. to me like I, I think that our lives would look a lot different. And, um, and I, I wonder too, if there's space for people within that of like, okay, like someone's going to hear that, what we're saying, and they're not ready for this conversation Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Like maybe like the first step for her is to like go outside and breathe and be connected to your body and, um, let this be like an invitation to like explore what yes. sexuality as a beautiful One of thing the means that's so important
1: on the path um, to sexual wholeness is only going as fast as the slowest part of you wants to go and this is the journey of really mm. collecting all of the fragmented parts of us that have been splintered off because of wounds and trauma and abuse from our own childhood or maybe from our lineage you know the history that we're a part of, but mm. to do this re- redemption work and restoring work at the pace at which is very authentic and genuine for the part of you that is most afraid or the part of you who is most um, mm. triggered and to only go as fast as she is, mm. is healthy for her to go and, and that's why the sensual peace is so important is because a little can go a long ways. I mean, our lives would change if we would just like allow the, the sunshine to caress us. If we made that a practice where just going outside and being in nature and truly allowing ourselves to be tenderly touched by the beauty of the natural world, our lives would change. And so we don't have to go into like, oh my gosh, tomorrow we need to start a sacred self-pleasuring practice and I need to be okay with (laughs) all of these things that I'm not okay with. (laughs) We can just start with wherever we're at and lean Mm -hmm. into tenderness, lean into softness. And Mm -hmm. I think the really easy, like what scripture gives us, this is, you know, for me, uh, this is the bottom line is that here's our checklist. Is it bringing us love, joy, joy? Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Whatever we're doing, we can base it on those checklists, that checklist of the fruits of the spirit. And we know if what we're doing is enabling us to inhabit that embodied state of love more, joy more, peace more, kindness more. If Mm -hmm. it's not, if we're feeling more irritated irritated offend you know offendable Mm -hmm. um something inside of us feels off or in a life that's that's acute this is not for us right now it's so simple like we 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 Mm -hmm. make it complicated our egos make it complicated but soul knows Mm -hmm. is this bringing me love joy Mm -hmm. peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control if it is these are the fruits of the spirit. This is what scripture gives us to know that we're on the right path.
0: Morgan, that's so good. And I'm just so grateful that the (laughs) conversation took the turn that it did. Like right before we got, right before we started recording, you were just like, I trust that what's going to come up is going to be where we're supposed to head. And um, I know that Your words are going to be challenging to some women and freeing and healing. And I'm just so grateful for your voice in this conversation. Um, I believe that, um, I believe that there are so many beautiful things unfolding for you. And I'm just thankful for your time and thank you for having this conversation with me. Can you just before we end, let everyone know? Where you're at, where they can find you, how they can follow along with your journey. Yeah, so
1: you can go to Instagram or YouTube or my website, and um, which is Morgan Day Cecil. All of those, all of those are just morgandaycecil com for my website. You can get a free guided meditation called "A New Narrative," which is all about mm. changing. The script around sex and sexuality from shame into mm. into joy into just that innocence again that return to knowing your original goodness I really really want every single woman to know her original goodness her hidden wholeness and I want every single person out there to live the love story that that they're made for because it's all about love right Kat mm. it's really all about love this is Why we're here? It's the it's the reason why we're all here. So, if you want to be a part of those conversations around love and feminine wholeness, then I share almost daily on Instagram. I go through phases where I'm like, I need a digital detox, but I share there, and I um, I'm making videos weekly on YouTube to uh, just bring bring new voices to the conversation around what does it look like to, to be a woman who who is devoted to her faith, who does want to follow Jesus, mm-hmm. and who does love Christ, and she's a real woman in the modern world, and she wants mm-hmm. to belong to herself. She wants to be connected yeah. to her own soul, her own body, and she wants mm-hmm. to to know the practical ways that she can live that out in her life. And so, um There's lots of videos coming up on my YouTube channel for that.
0: Especially the one that just dropped today on modesty (laughs) and the theology of the body. Everyone needs to watch it. It was freaking awesome. <laughs> I love every I second that, of it. I so. hope
1: that we can bring laughter and lightness to the conversation, to this topic that can feel so heavy and so burdensome with so much fear, darkness, and guilt. Mm-hmm. Like one of the ways I think we can heal, help heal ourselves and each other is just to bring laughter, to laugh more and judge less, judge ourselves less, mm-hmm. judge others less and mm-hmm. just, you know, say yes to love. Love it.
0: Love it. Thank Girl, you, bless what you're doing, and um, so excited for people to hear this. And thank just, you, thank yeah, grateful for you. you. I can't wait um, for you to come on a Sophia yay. retreat. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Kat Harris, and you've been listening to the Refined Collective podcast. You can follow our journey on Instagram at the Refined Woman. Our website, therefinedwoman.com, for show notes, other features and interviews, and a deeper look into our tribe. Find us on iTunes, The Refined Collective. Subscribe, rate, review, and leave us some love. Join me next time. And thank you so much for listening. And one last thing in case you ever forget, you are not alone. Your story matters and you belong here.